You're listening to The B Word Unpacked, brought to you by Good Stock Consulting. Welcome back, PPAC. This is the third episode of our biohazard series in the response to COVID-19. We've talked about the stats and the facts, even interviewed a Black woman struggling in New York City with COVID symptoms that was denied tests on multiple occasions. Update, since that podcast has aired, Rakithala is doing much better and is slowly recovering while still self-quarantining with her mama. We are so grateful for that. Yes, we are. Shout out to everyone on social media that reached out to show so much love and support for Rakithla. And if you still have an ounce of support in your bones, send it to your friends with school-aged children. (laughs) We are not okay. Parents, (laughs) how y'all feeling? Because working from home and teaching these kids is not what I signed up for. Am I right? Am I right? Honestly, I want to send thoughts and prayers, okay? You should. These these dogs, literally, I I was thinking about the little one. I was like, you know what? He escaped out the fence. I was about to say, look, squirrels can make it, so can you. Let him go. Y'all right. Y'all parents, I want to send like a a pigeon of help, a pigeon (laughs) with a message (laughs) in the social distancing time. How y'all feeling? Do we need to hug it out? You know, I don't have children, but I do have nieces and nephews. And my favorite thing to do is to go and stir them up via FaceTime. See? Right? Okay. I'm like, ooh, that's you need to get my little child and aunties do. Yep. Right. I'm like, ooh, we should do an experiment and get her real. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? But, y'all, the other day I did babysit for a friend. She had four kids, dropped them off in my house. I was like, okay, you go get a massage for an hour. I got this. It's your birthday. Mm, Don't even worry about it. Nice. Y'all, they had a gingerbread house that I had bought. You know, I was like, cool. We can make the gingerbread house. Boom. That'll be at least, at least an hour. (laughs) Y'all, we were done. With with, with the bears on Uh, How long? How long did it take you, friend? 15 minutes. And it was... It was, and when I say that 15 minutes was a stretch, I think it was probably like 10 minutes because I had to get it out of the cabinet first with the mm-hmm. little one. She was two years old, but brave. Two and brave, okay? There you go. Courageous. and courageous, okay? I'm looking at my carpet, and you know, I like I like my furniture to look like my furniture. Mm-hmm. And when they started opening up the whipped cream, mm-hmm. and it started to go places, I was like, okay, keep it okay. Because it's Okay. <laughs> And this is dirty, but that's okay. You can get them a little tables, pull that table out. Oh. I was a mess. By, by 30 minutes after, yeah. I was like, okay, now we got 30 minutes to go. So I guess we got to go to TV because, yeah. <laughs> there you go. There we go. I bought give them a device. So I give it up to y'all. There is no way I could do a 12-hour shift at the hospital and come home to tutor, to feed them, to keep them alive, um, to make sure they escape, you know. But so parents, I, I do want to know, how are y'all doing? And with these essential workers, like when, if you're a single parent, for instance, and you're a essential worker, you got to go to work. What are we doing? How, how do we make it work? So, so Kim and Kelly, like y'all are in the middle of it now. Yeah. How, what are y'all doing? Uh, I'm, I'm happy to jump in. I mean, first of all, I just want to say, I give thanks and praises that my son is only in kindergarten. Because Lord <laughs> knows, at least I can still understand the curriculum. <laughs> I cannot begin to imagine what it looks like uh, navigating COVID-19 with a teenager. Can you imagine mm-hmm. algebra? No. 
hormones, no. attitude. Like, I think I would be choked out. Oh, I would be done so. But, you know, you. I would be done. I mean, our listeners know by now I have a five-year-old named Max who is full of five-year-old boy joy and energy. You know, real talk. During the first two weeks of this self-quarantine situation, me and my husband were hella stressed out. I mean, from the first day, from day one, when we knew we had to stay at home, we were like, okay, we need a routine. So it was wake up, get dressed, make the bed. Then me and Max tend to go outside and get a little bit of exercise in. And then we come back and we can start the day. So at least we had the routine in place. But what we failed to put in place was figuring out who is actually going to divide and conquer the, the work that he has to do. It, like the work work. So I mean, like we had the shell, but we hadn't figured out like the guts of the shell. And so for the first two weeks, what that looked like was Kelly reading all the emails from the school, Kelly downloading all the apps, Kelly answering all the questions. Y'all, Max can literally be doing a worksheet two flights of stairs down. And if he has a question and is sitting next to his papa, he's going to come up the steps yep. and say, mama, is seven wow. plus seven 14? Oh, and I'm just like, yeah. your father is an accountant. So <laughs> it seems like he's positioned to answer this question. So, so, you know, figuring out the who does what was the harder part, not the, the times that it happens. But luckily, you know, me and my hubby had a come to Jesus moment. Mm-hmm. We had a meeting and we figured out you know who's going to take what chunks of the the day and who's responsible for what but them first two weeks felt like i I don't even know what to compare that to i'm sure i i think i divorced the whole family at least four times (laughs) at least four times i was willing to leave all of them all of them can just stay here by themselves stay right here with your daddy I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't know y'all. Y'all don't care about me. And you are trying to kill me. And I know it's true. Yep. I know it's true. That's how I felt. It's the little it was, one. It's the little one. It's that little one. Yeah, it's it's little that little one. one. They are so bold and courageous and rude. Okay. And just <laughs> being in this house all day and trying to find stuff for them to do that's not destructive. Yep. I cook. Oh my God. I clean. Okay. First of all, I don't cook. We know that from previous episodes. I don't do that. You um you prep. I've had to learn how to cook yeah. all day. They eat all day. And then I'm still working okay. like full time. And we still have good stock, which has been amazing in this season. Yeah, right. and so, yeah, it's just my husband is still working. So he's he's in construction. And so a lot of his projects are still going on. Shout out to JW Construction. So a lot of his work is still going So I'm literally in here single parenting. Thank God my niece my niece actually came down to visit from New York before COVID, right? Mm-hmm. And now she's stuck here. Oh, okay. Free is God. Jesus. Come through <laughs> Jesus. So she is here blessing me, right. helping me with these children, helping me with homeschooling. Um, and then I had to realize that I needed a structure. So that's what me and Kelly, you know, we soul sisters in that. So I had to come up with the schedule, determine just what we're going to do every day so that I have chunks of time to still get my work done. But Lord, y'all, it's hard. It's hard. And I don't understand the volume of food. I feel like our grocery bill has tripled. I'm like, how can five years old, 47 pounds consume so much food? I don't understand. Where is it going? 
Listen, I'm, Where is it going? listen, I'm trying to tell y'all, I get mad at myself. So I can't imagine. <laughs> the other day I, walked, I walked in, I was like, why so many dishes? And yep. it was me. It was me. So I don't know. I, like the I said, laundry. I, the laundry. That little girl, she puts on three outfits a day. Oh. Hold on a second. You're not going to talk about my best friend. Okay. So three outfits for a day. Because she needs it. She's an independent. Formal, formal outfit. Independent thing. <laughs> so, yeah. So, as y'all know, homeschooling, I can see it's changed, y'all. It's changed the game for y'all. And, and I'm proud of you for surviving. It's mm. been seven weeks. <laughs> okay. It's been seven weeks and your kid's still alive. They yep. have all their teeth, except for yep. Max lost his first teeth. No one home. has called Child Protective Services. No. <laughs> 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 still got custody. Still got custody. Listen, listen, check on them. But it's not just the lessons, but also the technology. I know peace is coming into yep. this for schoolwork. So let's do a mm. big side together as we unpack mm. this thing called homeschooling. Welcome, Welcome to, to the B-Side. BPAC, we invited a special guest to join us today, but you know what? I was going to introduce her because she is my bestie, but she is Eb's baby sister first. So I'm going to stop right here and let her run down all of my homegirl's receipts because she is so qualified to be on this conversation with us today. Listen, I don't even know where to begin, and I'm probably going to cry when I finish this oh or in the middle of it because this is how I feel about my sisters. But Aww. my, oh, I'm about to cry for real. Where is this coming from? Really? Don't. My sisters are phenomenal. Y'all hear me talk about Brandy and Juki. And Juki. I'll say Juki. I'm going to refer her to her as Miss Kendra throughout this because I'm trying to keep it professional. Okay. But, um, I appreciate that. Right. Appreciate that, <laughs> her name's Juki. But, uh, but Miss Kendra, literally, she was the first thing that God ever gave me to protect. And if you, if you knew how much of a blessing she's been in my life, uh, she's the biggest cheerleader that you ever meet. She's one of these people that when she walks into a room, the eyes turn to her because she has that energy that says that I'm a, I am good and I'm, I mean good and I, and I bring goodness to everything that I touch. She's a talented singer, has a voice of an angel. She's Hello. always been creative. Always. When she was like three or four years old, y'all, seriously, we had an old rickety piano. As we know, Juki taught herself how to play. I mean, she got long fingers, but I was like, what is going on? But she is just talented in every way. And the way when you go into her classroom, she's a teacher and Ashley is now going to be the first black, the black, first black, the, first, the youngest principal of Meany Street Academy. In Okay, the principal, and the reason why she is going to be the principal, y'all, I, I promise you, the way she can touch each kid and make them feel like they are the most important person in the room, you never hear her say a, a ill word towards a child. It is always being spoken, speaking life into them. And that's the type, when I think about what I want to be for my future children and how I appreciate what she does for my niece my nieces and, and my nephew too. But the way that she speaks life into them and the role model that she is for our family, now she's gonna be for a whole blanket of children in Spartanburg County. And I, I honestly, I can't thank you enough, Juki, for- Aww. But I can't thank Aww. you enough for just, so sweet. Aww. Aww. For just who you are. But um, 
I'm going to stop because I'm about to get emotional, but I'm just so proud of you and everything. Well, listen, before she jumps in, let me tell you a little bit about Meeting Street Academy. So Kendra Hilton, our Juki, um, she's the Dean of Curriculum and Instruction over there at Meeting Street Academy. And this school is one of the first independent schools. It opened in 2008. Right. And then launched two additional sites um, here in South Carolina in 2012 and 2014. Um, and now the academy is partnering with policymakers, education advocates, investors, and other local communities to apply this model of um, education and character development, which is so phenomenal when you see it in action, so that they can apply the same practice to new ventures and new independent schools and charter schools. Um, as well as reform public schools. So it's really um, exciting that our friend, our confidant, our number one girl will be at the helm making all of this happen. Finally, finally. So if you can't tell, you know, the kind of person she is and how much we love her by all of that, I'm going to shut up and let Judy tell us a little bit about it. Judy, her name is Kendra. Kendra. Yes, Kendra. Why did you... Become an educator and how you think those thoughts and beliefs have changed over time. Um, thank you both. Um, and you know, you are my everything as well. Kim has been my bestie for a long time. And I feel like Kelly, you are a sister from another uh, mother. <laughs> uh, so I am so excited to be here with y'all. Um, education, really, to be honest, I fought it. When I first was in middle school, I started tutoring my, my friends and they were like, you need to be a teacher. I'm like, nope, not going to do it. They don't make enough money. All them kids, I can't handle it. Um, but I've always, always absolutely loved helping people learn. I adore children um, more than anything. And I actually, when I went to USC, um, I was a student that needed it a little bit more structure, you know, with like getting all my work done. So we had an optional um, tutoring service at the University of South Carolina with the Opportunity Scholars Program. And I opted in so that I knew I would turn in my work, you know, because some of us need a little bit of help with that. And that's actually where I met Kimberly, and she became my absolute bestie. She was my tutor, which is so ironic. Um, she was my tutor then. And after that, I started tutoring for the program, got really excited about it. Um, after graduation, I was like, you know, I really want to work in schools. I moved back home, worked at an alternative school here in Spartanburg. And it just broke my heart to see all of these brilliant minds and hearts in a trailer in the back of an old school who were kicked out of school because, you know, they didn't have someone like we had our mom or they didn't have the teacher that every student deserves. Um, so I, I worked there for a while. Then I moved back to Columbia, started working for Educational Talent Search. And sadly, it was the same story all over again. I would go into multiple middle and high schools um, and to help students to prepare for college. So we would do financial aid, filling out their FAFSA, talking about selecting courses for college, and the disparities were just glaring. Mm -hmm. I would go to a predominantly black school and I would have students running up to me saying, can I come to the session? And I'm like, no, you're in English right now. You need to go to class. And they would literally tell me, but I learn more from you than I do my teachers because they don't teach us. They just sit on their phones, on their computers the entire time, they give us the work and then they leave. But I was going right down the street to the predominantly white school and these kids were graduating with 
college credit, certificates. Yep. I mean, ready to go out and take on the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I, I finally said, that's it. I can't continue to work through the schools. I need to be in the schools. Um, and so I became a teacher with Teach for America. I taught in Atlanta for two years. That was phenomenal. And then my mom, Nana, um, mm-hmm. she called me and she was like, you got to come check out this school in Spartanburg. It is phenomenal and I said absolutely no way I'm moving back home <laughs> from Atlanta you must be crazy I don't care what this school is not gonna do it right but I I came and I remember sitting in at the time um, the school was very small only two classes a 3k and a 4k class and I remember sitting down in the floor it was a classroom full of black and brown students four years old And there was a student reading a book about American symbols. And I could not believe that something like this existed in my hometown, that it was a, you know, a a very small school, very new, but I just knew I had to be a part of it. Um, And and it's been a wrap ever since. I I started at Meeting Street, started teaching those very kids the next year in kindergarten, looped with them the first grade. I came out of the classroom my third year, started coaching teachers, helping them to interpret data, best practices for instruction, and then became the Dean of Curriculum and Instruction. And as you all said, I'll be the principal next year. Yes. So super excited. Yes. So proud of you right now. Dr. Strickland was our English professor oh. at USC and she was like the meanest white lady we've ever met, but she loved us so much. I can still, she would rip up our English papers, y'all, in front of the entire no. class. Like, this is trash. Yeah. Start all over. This is trash. This wow. is trash. And you're gonna start over. And you're dumb. Start it's, over. Now, is it because she saw potential in you? Yeah, well, we didn't yeah. know that at that point. Okay. We didn't feel we didn't, it. We didn't know that. And then when I started tutoring for her, um, I thought, oh, she does have a heart. This is <laughs> she does have a heart. She does so like we, people. Yes, when Kendra came to writing studio, we just started this thing up, this group, and she came and I thought, why is this girl here? And I went back to Dr. Strickland. I was like, this girl does not need to be in tutoring. Like, what is her deal? She was like, because she just wants to be lazy. <laughs> And next year, Yuki became a tutor. And it was just amazing. That's so funny. It has been awesome. Dr. Strickland would be so proud. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yes. We are so proud true. of you. We are proud of you, Principal Kendra. And I have to say, Thank I feel you. like I kind of know you too. I mean, over the past two years since working with Kim and Eb, I have heard nonstop stories about you and that piece <laughs> that Ebony shared at the beginning of her intro about how you light up a room. She says that every <laughs> single time. So I know that she feels that in her I soul. Do. So seriously though, um, big ups to you. Congrats. That's Thank um, you a huge accomplishment. As I shared before we hit record, I feel like you're the most baby face principal I ever done seen. And that's <laughs> work to your advantage because the kids will see themselves in you. Um, exactly. So I got a few questions for you. Where, yeah. where were you when you heard that the governor was going to be closing the schools? You know, how mm. much time did you and your fellow administrators, did your teachers have to prepare? And from your perspective, well, actually, this is a two-part question. What were okay. the priorities of the school? And then looking back, what do you wish would have happened differently? So I know that's a lot, so I'm happy to repeat, but start answering and I might jump back in. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, so where was I? We were actually here, it was what, March 15th. Um, 
and we, we heard the announcement. We kind of already knew it was going to happen. Um, luckily, Dr. Hilton is my sister, <laughs> and she had already been in my ear like, we're about to shut down. This thing is going to get really ugly. Um, I remember she actually called me on the Thursday before, um, so on the 12th, and she said, schools are going to close. And I was like, no, you don't understand. Like, I need a day. Like, we need to go to school tomorrow because I am not ready. We're not ready yet. Um, because at that time, you know, the district, Summer School District 7, we were definitely having conversations. They were saying, hey, you know, go ahead and start prepping packets. We might have a school closure in the near future. Um, but we had no idea that it was going to happen that quickly. So that next day on, on Friday, I went in, got on the morning announcements, and I was like, teachers, packets go out today. We are sending work home with kids right now. Um, and as parents were coming and picking kids up early because they were getting messages from people that they knew that say potential, you know, shutdown. And I was stopping them in the halls um, and in the front office like, wait, let me go run copies real quick. Like, don't leave yet. I want to make sure your child has work just in case we don't come back um, the next week. And so that was a huge blessing. Most schools didn't have their heads up, right? Yep. So uh, we were ahead of the, the curve in that respect. Um, but what we didn't do, which I wish we would have done, was go ahead and get the technology into the hands of as many students as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, because what we ended up having to do was we had to come back the next week to do just that, to make sure that they had all of, all of their devices um, we, we partner, we, we're a part of School District 7, and so some of our upper grade students um, participate in Odyssey and other programs within the district, and technology for pretty much third and up is all tech-based. Mm -hmm. And so not 100% of our kids had that, so I do wish that we would have went ahead and said, go ahead and take your devices, but they weren't quite, quite ready yet. We were actually, we literally had a person from the district in the technology department fixing our devices that day which mm -hmm. is the only reason that we didn't. But um, I can only imagine what the other schools were going through at the time. We have cousins that are in education as well, um, and they were just completely blown away. But mm -hmm. that, that helped us because that Monday when our entire district had all of their staff and all of their admin in the buildings, potentially spreading this uh, deadly disease to one another, um, we didn't have that 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 yep. next Monday. It was a very small group of, of people. We had masks, we had <laughs> sanitizer. I mean, we were spraying everything yep. down. Um, but unfortunately, not everyone had that. So mm. true. Mm. And, and, yeah. and question for you. So, yeah. you know, you remember that time I visited you when you were doing Teach for America and you um, <laughs> you I was supposed to be there y'all for background for career day. OK. Mm -hmm. And I. <laughs> By I think an hour and a half into it, I was like, I'm tired. Um, yeah. Um, these little kids. She asked me to sit down with one little kid who had um, English for a second language and and let him read me a book. And <laughs> she looked over at me at one point and was like, "Stop telling him the words." I was like, "School, <laughs> school. Like, how are you supposed to teach somebody?" But, so this is my question. As far as that goes, how do you with the parents? How much is yeah. that these students to really retain from what their parents mm -hmm. are teaching them? Because I'm, I'm assuming at the, we try to give our best, but my best ain't good enough to teach a kid. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. And then when it comes <laughs> down to the technology piece, right? Like mm -hmm. if every home, is every parent equipped to be able to handle these additional resources? Because, you know, according to the Pew Resource Center, between 4.5 and 7.5 million households do not have high-speed internet providers. 
right? right. So yeah. there's even enough internet power to give these kids what they need to learn to go from not knowing your alphabet to reading Shakespeare, right? And, and in these, especially in these large cities, right? But mm -hmm. we know that's a problem. But when we go to little Africa, where we're from, like, what does that mean down to from from these big cities to the to the small towns? What does it mean, and what do you what do you think? Ex explanatory explanatory comma little Africa is a real place in Spartanburg. It is County. Really. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Okay. L.A. All okay. Up. okay. <laughs> L.A. Baby. L.A. We have a stop sign. <laughs> yes, two we do. We have two. One when you come in, and a, and a whole sign with our name on it. It's official. Right. right. Yes. A marker. People. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> so what? Do, what do we do in Little Africa, Judy? Miss Candy? What do we? Yeah. What can we do? Yeah. Um. I mean. Really, it's tough. It's tough for all of us. We even have some teachers who don't have high-speed internet at their homes, um, especially with these tornadoes that have been coming through and like wiping wiping technology out for huge blocks um, of people. So really, the best thing that you can do, well, first of all, Farmer School District 7 has been absolutely amazing. We are a neighborhood school. We're downtown Farmer, which is a blessing. And so they are actually putting school buses with Wi-Fi on the buses near their neighborhood, right, hotspots, wow. so that students have a place, right, where they can actually pull up, get their work done, right, in the car safely or, you know, in, in different places. But um, they're trying to actually put them in the neighborhood so that kids so do you can get work. on the bus to use it or it just being by your home helps. Yep. It's just by your home. And so you can access the Wi-Fi and that's free. To, so um, first I would say like contact your district. If you are a parent at home and you need Wi-Fi services, your school should be providing that for you. Um, if they can, they will. Um, luckily for us, we're able to buy a very small amount of like um, hotspots for families where if they have like extreme circumstances, we're like, all right, we'll go ahead and provide that um, for you if you absolutely do not have anything. Um, so that's that's that. Also, we have a list that we send out to our families of all cable companies and internet companies right now that are providing free services to families because of this, because mm -hmm. they know that kids are having to do work online. Mm -hmm. um, even even my daughter, Olivia, who's four, she's not, of course, you know, typing. I know, sweet girl. She's not hey, typing move, online, but move, move, move. move. Yeah, she's not typing, <laughs> but she is, you know, writing, and then we take pictures of her work and then upload it to their, their Facebook page. And that takes internet, too. Um, that yeah. takes a smartphone. That takes these devices that a lot of parents may not have. And um, they shouldn't feel like they're not helping their child just because they don't have that. So reaching out to the district to see if you can get access to it. But also schools absolutely have to provide something for every single parent. So um, if you just can't, then they have to provide paper, pencil work for you. If they're not, then they're not doing something right. Um, because that that is a requirement that every single child has access to learning while they're at home. Um, so what we do or will do, um, we already did a distribution uh, a few weeks ago, but for our next 10 days, any parents that don't have access to it, what we'll do is we'll safely go into the schools, make the copies of the packet, put them out in bins in the front of the school with the grade levels on them. Parents mm -hmm. can safely come get their packet, get back in their cars and go back home. That brings up a good point. Like, are schools required to have like an emergency preparedness plan for something like this? And as a parent, like, should I have access to that? I feel like my kids' school 
um, they fumbled for just a bit. I mean, I think everyone did, but it's a small yeah. school. So we were able to rebound pretty quickly, but I'm thinking about like large schools with over a thousand students. Like, should there be a plan like this in place given another pandemic occurs and should that be publicized for parents or is that just, you know, confidential information for the administrators? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, like you said, at Corona slapped everybody across the face. Nobody mm-hmm. was really prepared for this. Um, we were not. We just had, like I said, a, a tiny bit of a heads up. Um, but I will say that schools and, and districts, um, even the state, we are all in conversation about, like, what do we do if this thing comes back? We mm-hmm. know that there's conversation about possibly coming back in the fall. Um, and then we could have something just completely different that puts us in a very similar situation. So did we have one uh, for this extent of, of school closure? Absolutely not. I don't think anyone really thought that we would be out of school for months. Um, but now we are most definitely in conversation and figuring it, figuring this thing out so that if there is something that happens, we already know we can just press go. I really think that that is going to look like um, every single child in a school having some type of device. I think that districts are going to probably end up saying, like I know for us, we have, for younger grades, they have iPads. Mm-hmm. Right. But typically students can't take a home their devices until the third grade. Well, I think that they're going to put those a plan in place to say every single kid needs access to some type of technology. Yeah. And then we're going to make sure that every single parent signs that waiver early on so that we don't even have to go through that, bringing them back in the building to sign it or having some electronic forms, which we, yeah. we do utilize right now. Um but I, and I think that parents absolutely should have access to that plan so that you all can prepare as well, because you need to know what, what might come up um, to have the things in place to be um, to do what you need to for your child at home. Absolutely. I'm still kicking myself in the ass like I didn't I opted not to take my kids laptops because I thought oh, we'll only be out for a few weeks. I don't want the liability of the laptop. Because yeah. with the laptop, then I have to buy new two laptops for the school. Mm-hmm. So I left the laptops <laughs> at the school, and now I'm like, shit, we have to rotate mm-hmm. our two laptops, but I need one for work myself. And it's just, I didn't it's think fun. through that, and I wish I had. Yeah. yeah. I think the technology piece is going to be a game changer. Before I ask you a next, the next question, I do want to kind of underscore for our listeners out there, if you have a kid that has special needs beyond yes. what the school is sending home, you really need to be advocating for them to get the services that they re- that they receive mm-hmm. in school. So if your kid has OT, occupational therapy, if your kid has speech therapy, with telehealth, they can get those same services at home. Nice. And so I just want to punch that to any listener with a child with special needs. Please don't let the services that they're getting at school lapse because that's the last thing you want to see happen. Advocate, advocate, advocate for your child. So, Kelly, I'll even say for Trey Jr., he wasn't the strongest reader when he got into third grade. So his reading coach has offered to do one-on-ones with him. So he now does one-on-ones with his reading coach three times a week. And it's really been amazing. Shout out, Miss Terea. But it's really been awesome to have her there. Um, helping me and coaching him through this stint. Yeah, I mean, and, and folks really, 
I found will bend over backwards during the season. So my son mm-hmm. is an only child and receives some therapies through the school. And they have offered now, they call it social therapy. So a couple days a week, he gets together together with other kids who might be only children and they play games and they interact and, you know, they're able to talk with people who aren't 40, you know, which is, oh, I love that. So, you that know, is so cute. He's like, is it time for social therapy? I'm oh. like, yes, it's time. And so things as simple as that, which honestly I would never have thought of. That's yeah. what these people are trained to do. So please. Well, I'm going to start, I'm going to start calling it social therapy because I sent a link out to the parents asking if, um, their kids wanted a happy hour with Trey Trey. Oh. So happy hour was probably inappropriate. It was. I didn't want to use social therapy. It was. It was. <laughs> it was happy hour, but you know, I'm going to work on about it. It would be really cool to take this, um, it would be really cool to take that internationally. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean the, the, the crazy thing with this pandemic is it literally, it, it is a pandemic. Um, yep. But to be able to tap into the children of Italy and, mm-hmm. and those that's in um, Tanzania and say, hey, I, we, we might have to do some time zone, you know. Right. I think they do it with video games all right. the time, right? Yeah, absolutely. All that, day. that would be a great opportunity for kids to see how mm-hmm. connected we all are. Yep. We're all going through the same, same thing. thing. I mean, um, shifting gears a little bit and, and focusing on the teachers specifically. Tell me a little bit about how you think teachers are feeling at the moment, what kind of work they're required to do, and kind of like, what does your workday look like now that you're at home? And then also, and this, I know this is a heavy one, but you know, what are teachers, what are y'all worried about most when you think about the students? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does the workday look like for teachers? Um, teachers are working probably harder than they were working when they were in the building with kids every day. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, like you said, they are still doing those one-on-one calls. I, I know at our school, teachers are required to call families at least twice a week, just, mm-hmm. just for like check-ins. Um, they're also doing those one-on-one sessions. I kind of feel like if a, if a child got differentiation in, in class, when they were in the building, they need to still have that same support at home. And so if you were pulling in for small groups um, while you were there with them in school, make sure you're still checking in and doing those same same lessons. Um, but they, they're, there's a huge learning curve as well. Like y'all, y'all said, everything is going tech-based. So we have some older teachers who are like, I'm not even on Facebook. I don't know anything about technology. And now everything is done online um so that requires for us like all right so now we need to think about teacher training like we need some videos on how to set up you know whatever it might be there's all these wonderful platforms that are out there for us to use um and luckily a lot of them are free right now which is so gracious but at the same time, our teachers don't know how to do them. So we have things like Screenomatic, which is a wonderful way for them to share their screens with their kids and like record what they're saying at the same time. But if you don't know how to use that, then it's kind of a use, useless tool, right? So we're, our teachers are learning. Um, they're figuring out like, so I have to get the work to the kids online. I got to get the work back. I got to review the work. And then I got to figure out like from that, who do I need to see individually, small groups. So it's a lot. They're doing a tremendous amount of work, um, really doing a phenomenal job from what I hear and see, talking to friends and family. I know at our school, they're, they're working tremendously, but it's a lot. 
Um, and I think the, the biggest things that we are concerned about, so we, we are really concerned about the social aspects of our, our students right now. Um, and that is another requirement is that we have a Zoom call for the classroom once a week mm -hmm. as well. Standard time, yes. And so Olivia had her call last week and she has another one tomorrow. Um, yeah. and, and it's just, like you said, they just light up just to see each other. Yeah. Right? Yes. And like and, seeing and them I'm, on TV. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, and it's nothing academic during that call. It's just teachers do different activities. They might do like a scavenger hunt. Hey, Lindsay. <laughs> they might do a scavenger hunt and, um, you know, have to bring certain things to the mm -hmm. call to share or what have you. And so it's just a way for them to bind. Um, so we're really we're really concerned about that, offering a lot of counseling as well all yep. of those special services that students need, really making sure that, that they get everything that they need. Um, and then we're also already in conversation about what do we do when we get back? Because there are gonna be significant holes, um, even more so than we're used to. And so we are already revamping our scope and sequence for, for next school year, um, looking at like switching up our professional development for teachers to help them to understand like how do you teach kids below, like below, below grade level, mm -hmm. right? Because we already know that we're going to have a wide span, but now that's going to be even wider yep. um, because kids are getting different things at home. We yep. know we can't guarantee that like every single parent is going to have to. Listen, I am almost the principal of my school and I got to say, like, hey, Olivia did not submit her work yesterday. <laughs> and I'm like, we did it. We just didn't turn it in, but I'm going to yeah. do it today. Right. right. <laughs> and so, like, you got to be flexible, but, but we're trying. We, we are really trying to figure out, like, how do we best meet the needs of all parents right now? Um, but of course, keeping kids at the forefront of everything that we do, but it's going to change the game for mm -hmm. uh, for every school where we're not going to be able to hit the ground and say like, this is our day one normal. It's going to yeah. have to go back and we're going to have to pick up some pieces from this year and bring it into next year. So it's going to be a challenge. That's for sure. I need y'all to pick up all my pieces. Listen, uh, listen. All my pieces. Now y'all see why I clap for my sister. I stand in awe <laughs> of her, uh, like the way it just flows out. But I think this, for, for one, we know that um and i say this over and over again this pandemic has truly uncovered who are the essential workers of our society mm -hmm. and they are the people yeah. that are usually underappreciated and definitely underpaid like my mm -hmm. sister said she didn't want to go into as as phenomenal of a educator as she is she was hesitant to go into it because they don't get paid what they are exactly. right to do yep. and so i think Every parent that has now seen what it's like to take care of your brilliant children mm. <laughs> for all those hours. Listen, we need to be marching. A whole in the level. We need to be marching in the street alongside our teachers and say yes. to all these to, to the policymakers, you can no longer not give them their due reward. They are do, they are literally preparing our, our nation for the future. And none of us will be where we were without our teacher. Shout out to Miss Hosey, right. who was like right. everything. Like yeah. none of us will be be able to be a doctor, a lawyer, a, a health strategist. There will be no good stock consulting if it weren't for the teachers that that taught us how to read and write. So, um, so I say kudos to every teacher. Know that we appreciate you. We see you. Mm -hmm. um, we'll be very vocal in saying that. Like I said. Give you what you deserve. And we miss you. We miss you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know you in that level yet, but I miss you too. But no, but it, it is one of those things too, um, Kendra, that I think giving 
your your school and your the way that you're interacting with your students and you're thinking about stuff is because of your history and what we mm-hmm. lived through as kids. And so you're anticipating things in a way, and I think your your school will likely re, be able to rebound faster because you know what it's like. You know what it's like to come from um, the have not side of things. And so you can anticipate what struggles then will my kids face, what struggles will their parents face um, in trying to do the best that they can do with what they got. Because we know mm-hmm. that, um, that, uh, that it, that is not, it's not equal across the board. So what are some right. practical tips that you can give to, to parents and mm-hmm. to other, and to help other teachers, your teacher's coach, right? How can you, what tips will you give to those teachers who may not have been in a situation where they, they never had internet, right? They, they may not have been in a situation where they came from a single parent home. And now my mom is an essential worker and I'm being left by myself and y'all telling me to do my homework. Mm-hmm. My mom is, my mom is the grocery store worker that's trying to keep this nation afloat. And I'm only in the second grade. What are you, what are some practical tips that you can d- use or give us now to feed into their lives? Mm-hmm. Um, for teachers, the, the thing that I've been preaching all the last two weeks, especially is like flexibility, like, please, 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 please be flexible, like give parents some flexibility, know that they're not trained teachers, you cannot expect for them to <laughs> teach them, you know, rocket science at home, and they don't have the same background that we do, they're not supposed to be teachers. Um, so for one, I, I would tell teachers, like, make sure that the lessons that you are providing are not just very general, but you're actually modeling for students what it is that you want them to do. So taking it step by step and saying, I'm going to show you like how to write this word, how where the letters go on the paper, so that parents can essentially just sit beside the child and it's almost like they're still face-to-face, right? So sometimes it's like, oh, I read this awesome book, now go and do the discussion questions. And it's like, wait a minute, hold on. Like, we didn't do any, we didn't do any teaching in our lessons. We actually have to teach. Now, how do I think about that? What am I doing in my, in my mind that's going to help me to get to this inference about how the character feels, right? So making sure that the lessons are actually lessons and we're teaching strategies has been a really big piece. Um, And then again, like that flexibility with parents. I actually told my staff, and look, I hope everybody um, out there in the educational world is not like, oh my God, I know you didn't say that. But I'm like, look, y'all, these are real people. They have real responsibilities at home. Safety is top priority. Like education, of course, is up there as well, but life happens. So having five assignments for five subjects for the week is too much. It's just too much. And so we've moved to basically almost like a four-day week for students where you have a catch-up day, right? And on that day is a day for us to really look forward and say, now we're going to start looking at professional development for teachers on that fifth day. Um, and if we don't do professional development on that day, then that's a day where, where teachers are calling students and having those one-on-one sessions, pulling kids for small groups to reteach. But I, I think that you have to like really understand like no, every single parent loves their child. Right. Every single parent wants the best for their child. They want them to learn everything that they can. So if something is not being done, A, like figure out what it is. Maybe it's technology. Maybe maybe they're stressed out. Maybe they have someone that has this horrible disease in their family and they don't know what to do right now. Right. Um, so you got to have that empathy and like dig deeper, but then also like being really flexible and saying like, it's okay, just turn it in by the end of the week. I know, I know life happens. 
Um, and we've gotten really great um, parental feedback where, where parents are saying thank you um, because that was a lot. You know, I have so many cousins that go to my school. <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy. It's like a, a family school. Right. Um, but, but that's what I'm hearing is like, wow, you know, the fifth graders are really overwhelmed. And so teachers mm -hmm. are shifting and saying like, okay, we got to be flexible. We tried that. We just put a lot of work into it, but it's overwhelming for families. And we would rather have kids doing, you know, less work than no work because they're just like, mm -hmm. forget it. I'm not going to do it at all. Less work for quality. I just want to put out there, can the teachers please, and I know this is going to sound whiny and this is first world problems, but <laughs> less platforms. I'm talking Odyssey, yes. Alexia, Flever. I mean, it's just like, why so many different platforms? Like, and I understand, and again, this sounds real first world, but I have too many resources. I have too many platforms. And then I do get overwhelmed and I'm like, oh Lord, that was supposed to be on Flipgrid, but it's Odyssey. Nope. It's like, can we just do like one or two? And it will upload it in one way. Like I have a kindergartner and a third grader. Can it just be the same way for each student? Like I have to say, okay, well, Trey Jr., we upload it here. But for Lindsay, we upload it there. And then they have separate times for the separate Zooms. And then this teacher likes, you got to have the handouts. This teacher is like, screw the handouts. Listen, <laughs> thoughts and prayers. Yeah. Oh, I mean, can you not hear Lindsay in the background? I've been trying to mute to quiet her. You're doing a good job. You are doing a great job. She is independent. She has a lot to think about and say. Yes, she does. Mm -hmm. Yes, she does. Mm -hmm. Awesome, Chris. I will say, like, communicate that with your teachers. I, I feel like, you know, parents don't want to seem ungrateful. And mm -hmm. so they don't want to say, like, thank you, but no thank you. Like, that's too much. Yeah. Um, but but we have a, a really great rapport with our parents, and they are very vocal. Um, <laughs> and they let us. <laughs> and then let us know how they feel and and they have said like this is a lot can we streamline this and so what we've done is like for the upper grades it's um it's one platform we use google classroom so yeah. second and up everybody's on google classroom i even said like we need to send out something that's weekly a weekly snapshot here are your assignments for the week yes so that parents can even look ahead get ahead yes, even right. if they can to make sure that like they're not overwhelmed because if you got extra time it's like oh we're gonna go ahead and read this book that's for tomorrow because you know we can so communicate that with your with your teachers with your schools oh yes oh it's in my mood mood job of that send in the weekly assignments and so yeah. that does help us um manage our time as a family because then i know mm -hmm. what to do i know what i need hey Libby Pool. Hi, <laughs> you know, i know what i need help with and i know what they're going to need help with and then i can kind of schedule mm -hmm. another great thing that i learned about guys right before our call i was talking to my cousin i hate saying stuff like that talking to my cousin because it sounds like everybody's your cousin but for real, my cousin. Y'all do have a um, lot He's of a police stuff. officer, okay. and he said that they actually receive reports from the school on students that have not logged into their portals. Okay. And so he's a community-based police officer. And so what he wants to do is then take those reports and go to the homes and say, hey, just checking in, seeing what you guys need. Is it a laptop? You know, your child needs to sign into the portal from 10 to 
11 every day. Is there anything I can do to help you guys? He was like, we knock on their doors for everything else. We knock on their doors when things aren't good. So Mm -hmm. why can't we be there to support given people are really in their homes? Crime is low. We have time. And I thought, what a great idea, especially for police to really become a part of the community. Right. I think it's a great idea considering the fact that child child abuse reports have also dropped. Mm -hmm. What we know is in addition to um, our teachers preparing the minds of our children for the future, they're also the police of noticing if there's something going on with this child. Right. Are they are they um, lashing out behaviorally, suggested that something is going wrong? Are there bruises on the body? Are yeah. they not do they do they look hungry or today? Should we pack a bag and send this home with them? And so our teachers, like I said, we we do not appreciate them enough. enough. But I, I appreciate that police officer and that department taking the extra step to say, let me check in, because what we know is that the abuse didn't stop. Right, or let us be the legs for these teachers that can't do this, because normally you would expect the teacher to go to the home or reach out, you know, but I thought that was a nice way to intersect two departments that are so essential to the community. Right. Yeah. Y'all, this was good. Right. I mean, this was, was good. This was good. <laughs> Despite the weight and the stress of COVID-19, I mean, I think we've done a good job in this episode. Juki, uh, Kendrin, with helping us um, <laughs> unpack some of this angst and anxiety about homeschooling, um, making me and Kelly feel less crazy. <laughs> Kelly, yeah. yeah. rather than our normal you know be bothered section let's leave with some encouraging words something to make us feel inspired about what we have learned as students of this pandemic and Kendra we're going to start with you how will this experience change how you are leading or will lead your teachers even after COVID oh great question um so Luckily, at my school, we we are really big on mindfulness, and um, that really was one of the very first things that popped in my mind when I heard school closures. Um, was I, I actually had a vision of being in a, a a first grade class while we were doing mindfulness, and there were some kids coming up the stairs, and they were making a lot of noise, and the kids said oh, we can't do it because they're making too much noise. And I said, no, this is actually when you want to do it, because that's what life is. Life doesn't cut off for you. It doesn't get quiet so that you can focus. You have to be able to do that with the chaos around you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they practiced it and they were like, wow, you know, these are the things that we were able to hear. And they were able to detach from like the chaos that was happening. So Mm -hmm. that's one of the the big things for me, um, not just for, for our students, but for our teachers too, to make sure that they have some practices to where they can go back and navigate life. Um, you know, I feel like education is, is more than being able to read and write. It's like being able to survive in life. And we can give you all of all of these tools to, you know, um, to read and write. But if you go home and, and someone's fighting in your house or if there's violence in the neighborhood or what have you, you've got to be able to go inside because that's really the only place that you can control. Um, so that was like. First thing was like, wow, we got to get back to like full on mindfulness. Not again, not just for for students, but for teachers. Um, and then really, the the other thing that has really shifted is, is like we got to make sure learning is really fun mm-hmm. and engaging and like meaningful because a lot of this work um, that we're doing at home. Um, we have great opportunities to make it really fun to do things like instead of you know learning about um, measurement 
do a recipe, right? And and get your child involved in the cooking um, when it comes to conversions. You know, skip counting by whatever when you're counting bags of whatever that you're putting up. And there's 10, now it's 20, now it's 30, right? To find really creative ways to, to learn, but to make it about a real about real life. Um, like teaching kids how to budget a checkbook when we're, we're doing the decimals. Laundry. Like Teach them how to do the laundry. And fold Thank it. You. And fold it up. Put it up. Put it up. Yes, you know? yes. That's sorting. Okay, that's math. That's important. Colors. Okay. <laughs> those socks, right? <laughs> but but yeah, um, those those really are the two big pieces for me. Like making sure that people are okay and can navigate the hardships of life, and then making sure that learning is not just something to do, but that it means something to to every person, and that it's going to change the way they navigate life. You know that was. Phenom, and we do a lot of meditation in our family. Trust and believe. We get quiet mm-hmm. and alone. So, so what about you, Kelly? Yeah. What What have you learned with with Max? And again, Max lost his first tooth this mm-hmm. week. Um, so Kelly's baby is growing up. But what have you learned about being his teacher now, in all sense of the word? Sure. I mean, I think this season has really taught me two things. One is just the power of simplicity, and the other is around the power of presence. So in terms of simplicity, it's basic. So if I'm like, Maxie Boyd, you want to go read a book? He might say yeah, or he might say no. But if I say, Maxie Boyd, do you want to take your beach chair outside and read a book? It's like we've gone on a whole journey. Like, and that's just, y'all, that's just unfolding a beach chair. And that is so simple and that it costs nothing, but it, it has made the reading of a book an experience for him. And so just simple things like that I've been trying to do because truly he appreciates that so much more than any big gesture or big gift. Like the little things really do matter. And then um also just being present. And so when I'm present with him, when I'm engaging with him, I am fully present. I put the phone away. If we're playing doctor, Ebony, he's coming for you. He's so on the path. If we're playing doctor, if we're playing dinosaur, like I am all in. I'm going to be that T-Rex. He's going to be that Ankylosaurus. We are in that world. Okay. So we are fully present in the activities that we're doing. And that, despite the fact, don't get me wrong, this season has been stressful it's also made it really beautiful. You know, I've connected with him in ways that I never have before. You know, we've gotten to know each other in ways that we just frankly didn't because we are up in each other's face all the time. But it is, it's just such a sweet time and a special time because again, when I'm with him, I'm with him. And when I have to step away and I'm like, okay, bud, I have to go work. He gets it. And he's like, can I have iPad? And y'all, I say with joy, yes, take the iPad. (laughs) Listen, Netflix, whatever you want after, right? Kelly is like, yes, you deserve it. We deserve it. Hey, look, whatever, you carry. I think Kelly, mine is a lot like yours. So, um, as always, you know, we we're pretty uh, routine. We like the structure and the schedule, and we're workaholics, right? But if yep. our children are the reason why we work so hard, then we have to learn how to unplug and be silly and really enjoy these kind of cute, lovable cuddle years. Yep. Right. So scheduling, yep. even if it's like scheduling an hour to play Barbies with Lindsay or hopping on a four wheel with Trey Jr., which God, I mean, not really what I want to do. But if that's <laughs> on his face, again, about the simplicity and the quality of the time, yep. not necessarily how long we're doing it, but taking more time to just, relax and be silly and jump into their world without restrictions. Right. Yep. It's one of those things with my nieces and nephew, like 
literally I kind of try to meet them kind of where they are. And Mook Mook that you just now met, uh, her name is Olivia, Olivia Marie. But, um, but no, but sending her, Amazon still works. Amazon is my best friend, okay? Yep. So I've been sending her just experiments and she got, I think she got a fossil, what do you call it? Excavation kit. Um, she has her little lab, lab coat with her little beakers and ch- changing the way they learn. Um, she, she does this little experiment like y'all saw with Blue Ivy doing the, um, the pepper in the water and watching yeah. how the virus goes away. Like kind of stimulating her mind. It's, it to me is, um, it's my, it's my break of the day. It's like, yeah. she's just so fun. And, and like I said, meeting them where they are. So I thank y'all for sharing y'all's story. Because in the yes. future, when I have my children, I need y'all to pray for me. So <laughs> I want y'all to remember. I'm going to be worn out. I want y'all to remember that that when when y'all were telling all these stories, that I was a listening ear. Don't, You're right. Don't I'm get tired with me. on my back porch, sipping a cocktail, like, look at Em. She's so cute yeah. with the little baby. I was, why she wait so long with them kids? She feel better. And I need it. That's why I'm going to have a what? N-A-N-N-Y. We're going to be on quarantine together. Okay? <laughs> me and Nanny. Tell us, no, you can't leave. Okay, look. What well, are the guys say? Again, to my sister friend, my best girl in the world, Kendra Hilton, for being our special guest. And for giving us parents just a little light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, this is a huge learning curve for all of us, parents, teachers, and administrators. So be easy on yourself, okay? You'll always be smarter than your children, regardless of what they say. And why? <laughs> because I said so. That's my line, by the way. That's what I say all day. Because I said so, okay? Parents, we got this. So stay encouraged. Listen, if you want to learn more about who we are, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Goodstock Consulting and on Instagram at The B Word Unpacked. Also, let us know if there's a B Word that you would like for us to unpack in future episodes. Until the next time, stay positive because I said so. And let's be unpacking. <laughs> Learn more about Goodstock Consulting at www.goodstockconsulting.com. Be sure to follow on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn.